The Von Erich family is legendary. He was kind of a bully. Lance, Lance by, by chance, wrestling as a Von Erich. They were afraid I would go to WWF, so they kind of, on television, it, that I wasn't a real Von Erich. Find out what Lance talked about in his book. You know how many people that I've worked with that are, are dead, especially with world class? Many, many, many people took steroids on top of the other drugs. Chris Adams headbutted the, the co-pilot. And find out what happened when Lance left Dallas. I used to run guns from the States to South Africa and got busted in the UK. Lance, Lance by, by Chance, wrestling as a bonner. Lance by Chance. Get your book today at LanceByChance.com or on Amazon. My name is Gino Rivera, the Frank Sinatra of the Spanish Mafia, the Latino Al Pacino 19-time champion, and you are listening to the Russellville Podcast. Listen up. Why? Because I told you so. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest today is... Gino Rivera, professional wrestler for 15 years, and you might know him as Gino Told You So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm, I'm good, man. Good good to talk to you. I've uh, been seeing you. You do a lot of social media, which is good. You do a lot of self-promotion, which is, is great. How are things going? You're 15 years in the business. How would you say your career is going? My career is going awesome. I mean, every year gets better and better and better. Bigger things, better opportunities. Uh, the networking is awesome. And as those awesome opportunities come, my body hurts even more because I do a lot of a lot of traveling, a lot of uh, hard nights with, you know, barely any sleep because I'm working on me and myself and my school here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So, you know, that's how that's going. I couldn't ask for a better career. So there's a lot of things that we could talk about. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your school. What's it called? My school is called Off the Ropes Pro Wrestling New Mexico. I've I opened it in July of 2019. We've been going every every week ever since, and I've touched and trained more than 60 wrestlers. Uh, some that fell, you know, have fallen off. Some that are still on the scene right now, and a lot that are training by the hands of me. I was trained by. Joey Chaos of XPW, Santino Bros in Los Angeles, California. And I'm basically taking his playbook and I'm applying it to my students today. So the very same training I got, I am training my students here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where you guys can also, you know, check that out on Off the Ropes Pro Wrestling on Facebook and, and our website. You can definitely contact me and we can see how we can get you in to accomplish a dream, chase your dream to the sun. I'm not going to ask you to explain the whole entire playbook, but what is, you know, maybe one thing that you can uh, grab onto that these gentlemen passed on to you, that you pass on to your students? Is it maybe professionalism? Is it uh, hard work? Is it uh perseverance persistence what do you what do you think it is all of the above wrestling has taught me um how to be a man wrestling has put me in tough situations and forced me to think on my feet to to think logically you know what i mean 
I've literally grown up in this business. This is all I know. This is all I do. This is all I think about. This is what I dream about. This is, this is my life. I, I literally eat, breathe, sleep. And I don't want to say the other word, but this is everything to me. And what I've learned in wrestling is also how to become a constant professional professional from backstage to in front of media, from how I conduct myself online to my sponsors, to just every day, you know, um, you are a public figure, you know, you're not as big as Kim Kardashian, but when people see you, they know you're a wrestler and to act a certain way wouldn't be so kosher. So when I am on the street, I got to, you know, just remember, Oh, people know you as a wrestler. Don't go out acting a fool. So I love, I love how wrestling has made me to the man that I never thought I'd be the man that, you know, I always heard about, you know, like, Hey, you know, you're going to, you're going to be a really fine young man. And I am that way because of wrestling, simply that I didn't grow up with a dad. My dad didn't teach me anything. I don't know my dad. My dad was professional wrestling and I'm thankful for every day that I'm in this business. So 15 years in the business. Yes. And, you know, sure. I'm sure it's been a challenge, right? 15 years. Have I mean, have there been these maybe fork in the road moments where you're like, you know, maybe college is the way to go or maybe, you know, some, you know, have you had these fork in the road moments where you think, you know, today this is not really going in the direction where I thought it was. Every day feels like that. I can tell you as great as wrestling is, I've been on my highest of highs and wrestling has brought me to the lowest of lows from everything from quitting the business to literally not even wanting to exist in my own personal life. And wrestling has done that for me. I have a love hate with wrestling. You know, I love this business today. Tomorrow I'll wake up hating it. I'll hate this business today. Tomorrow I'll wake up loving it. Um, and other wrestlers will feel that way as well. I'm not the only one that feels like that, but my career, I've done so many cool things and I've, I've met so many cool people, wonderful people. I've worked for the biggest company in the world to the second biggest company in the world, to the, to, to wrestling on, on the Indies for in front of four people to wrestling in arenas of like 10,000 people. And I've been to Mexico. I've been all over the United States. I'm a 19 time champion. I currently hold eight different championships today around the United States. I train people. I wrestle my friends. I wrestle names that I've never thought I'd ever wrestle. I, I meet people. My career is going great, but as always, you, I'm not where I want to be as my dream is to be in the WWE. That is my ultimate dream. And 15 years in, you can say, man, I deserve this. I deserve that. But nobody cares. Work harder is what I live by, right? I can bitch and moan and say, man, I should be signed. Man, I'm this good. I'm that good. Well, I was, I was tell myself, you know something, if you were that good, there's about five or six different companies, they pick you up by now, right? So keep working harder, you'll get there, you know, and that's the, that's the mindset I have. I, I do love this business, but at the same time, it does get a little frustrating when you see your friends and people that have been on the scene less than you have. 
and they're getting opportunities that you don't. But I'm not a jealous person. I just keep working harder. That's all I know how to do is my work ethic is untouchable. You know, as bad as I want it is as bad as I'm going to go and get it. And that's what I've been doing consistently every single week, every single weekend for 15 years. And I, you know, I've, I've seen what you've, you just mentioned. I, I've, I've seen people, uh, I interviewed a young lady uh, about a, what she made her debut uh, about 30 days prior yeah. to me interviewing her and now she's in NXT. Yeah. And happens. it's like, you know, and that happened about six months after that, you know, it was like, so, yeah. I mean, everybody's path is different. Everybody, I mean, right place, right time, right, you know, right, right. Everything. Right. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I tell my students this, speaking of that, don't mean to cut you off, but I had to, this is really important. My coach told me this and it's something that I will ever for, I will live with this forever. I, I basically tell my students this every day. I get so many of them that are like, I, I don't see myself making it or I'm out of shape or I'll never get there. or I got to quit. And I live by this. The day that you quit will be the day that somebody sometime somewhere was looking for you. And that day that you quit, what if they're looking for you and you're gone? That opportunity that, that was for you will be given to somebody else. So why quit? Keep chugging along. You never know when that opportunity is going to come. So when you said that, I had to literally stop you and let you know that's that's something I live by. You know, a lot of people right place at the right time. You never know when you are going to be at the right place at the right time. Stick with it. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And you know, it's like nothing, nothing you know, good or worth working for is is always easy, right? I mean. PWC Podcast with Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 PWC keeps you in the zone. You know, you you mentioned that you do a lot of podcasts. Uh, you yep. have a lot of students. I mean, there's got to be some value in getting your name out. There's got to be some value in being, you know, a guest on somebody's show. There's got to be some value in that, right? I mean, absolutely. If people are reaching out to you, it, it's for a reason. Yeah, I've done literally over 50 podcasts. Uh, I'll send that to you later. But I've done um, a lot of them. And I try to change up, you know, some of the stories that I have. I save, I've got tons, I've got 15 years of stories, you know what I mean? So I can always deliver something that hasn't been seen on a podcast to another podcaster. And I respect you guys and all the hard work you guys do. So it's, it's a great thing. The thing I tell wrestlers when they don't want to do these things or they charge podcasters for these things is, this is free promotion. His audience, her audience, my audience, you know what I mean? It's cross promotion. You got a network and you never know if this podcaster, which I picked up a few bookings to a podcaster. We did so well together. He's like, hey, I'd like to see you here. And I was like, okay, we'll see what you can do. Next thing you know, I'm on a plane going to that place because of that podcaster. You know, it's we, we're here to help each other, you know, and, and a lot of people need to see that this is a free platform. 
You know what I mean? It helps me in my wrestling. People get people don't want to always see the character. They want to see the man behind it. People want to know your story. And where else are you going to do it when you can only tell one story in the ring and it's not your life? It's not your, your you know, to getting to know you. It's in the ring. I'm, I'm trying to win. I'm trying to beat you. But on a podcast, maybe you can pick up a few fans. Maybe you can touch somebody and relate to somebody and, and inspire somebody. You know what I mean? So I find podcasting one of the greatest tools for a wrestler. Please do more podcasting and don't charge guys. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. And, yes. and Gino told you so. Why? Because I told you so. That's my, uh, that's my shtick. Hey, let's talk about the book that you were featured in. I'd like to hear a little bit about that, how that came about, you know, and, and maybe <laughs> like, um, you know, a little, a little bit of the premise of the, of the story or, or, how your story is told in that? Yeah, um, I was approached by a wonderful man. His name was Aaron, and he's an author. And he decided to take a few of the best best talent on the independent circuit that needed to, you know, get a story across. And uh, he chose these several people. There's a bunch of us, like maybe 10 of them. But he chose a bunch of us to tell our stories because we could inspire. We could have somebody go, hey, I can relate to what you guys are going through. I, wow, this is amazing. And obviously when you write a book, the goal is to sell a story and, you know what I mean, make people read your story or whatever you you wrote. So he came to me and we did a few interviews. It took about a month or two just to lay things down. We sat down on Zooms and Lives and Facebooks and messages and phone calls and he just let me talk and he, he wrote down everything. And... I have one of the juiciest stories you can imagine as a, as a, as a wrestler and as a human, you know, I can sum it up between literally I'm an adopted child to a 17 year old hooker who ran away because she was being raped by my family members, my grandpa, her brothers, her cousins. She wanted to get away. She went to California, uh, met a drug dealer, got pregnant, had no idea what to do, came back to Hawaii dropped me off there, gave me up at two months old, and I never saw her again. And I lived with five brothers in the island, big island of Hawaii. And um, just stuff like that alone was something that he was like, oh my, wait, what did you just say? Wow, let's get into, you know, let's let's dig into that. What's going on? You know, I have two brothers dying of a, a certain sickness right now. I have a brother that was murdered you know, by his own platoon uh, in the army. You know, I, my whole family comes from alcohol abuse, domestic violence. We are the the government system. Like we were raised on food stamps and, and donations. And just my life story was very interesting to him. And he took it upon himself to say, I'd like to highlight this and show them that you overcame a lot of things and you didn't go down the same path of these people. I tell people all the time, I have all the ingredients to be the worst human being in the world. And what I went through and what I saw through these eyes, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to repeat history. I wanted to choose a different path to go down. And just that alone inspired him to write about me. And I'm one of the featured pages, not even a page, I'm, I'm a chapter of in-depth conversation of my life that he highlighted, you know, and what inspired me to become a pro wrestler, you know, that I just... This book is awesome. It's available now in Barnes and Nobles. It's called Independent Road. 
uh, A Wrestler's Journey by Aaron Schaefer. Please check it out. I think it's like now like 10 bucks right now. It was at $19.99 or whatever, but as time goes by, prices go down and it's awesome. You know, I, I've sold a lot of those books um, after matches. It's it's really, really good. If you think my story is great, there's other stories in there that's even more I, I can't even find the words. It's just very, very intense. You know, you'd love it. Who are some of the other guys that are featured? So we have wrestlers like Effie. I'm not sure if you're uh, aware of him, but he's a really talented, wonderful human being. Um, he is, oh gosh, he is one of the guys right now that you should look at and go, that's a guy that's inspiring. You know what I mean? Um, you can look at him and judge him, but if you're a wonderful human being, you'll see the good in him and what he's doing. And he's helping a lot of wrestlers um, in their personal life. You know what I mean? So his name is Effie. He's definitely in there. And then another gentleman, Facade, you know, he's traveled around the world. This guy is amazing, more than amazing, but his story is even better. And you got to check that out. Um, so many, so many wonderful people, not just men. There's also women in there as well, but check out the book guys. It's in Barnes and Nobles. Wonderful piece, wonderful book. Gosh, if I could sit down and read it to a class, I would. It's that great. I'm going to get my hands on it. Yes, please. And right up my alley, man. That That's, that's the stuff I, I like too. I wrote, uh, I was telling you about the books that I wrote. I, I wrote, uh, a book similar to that, a lot of up-and-coming wrestlers. Um, I have one that has 35 short stories in it. Uh, yeah. And in that book, Harley Race is in there. Uh, Ricky Morton is in there. But then you've got guys in there like Mike Rapata, Barrett Brown, Tim Storm. Um, Barrett Brown. I know Tim Storm. Love okay. Guys. Yeah, yeah. I threw my uh, sideburns for Harley Race. So I'm doing the, the race gimmick right here. I, so. I like them. The Andres and the Harley race. That's what they are. Yeah. Hey, can you, can you imitate Harley race? Uh, what's your finish kid? I'm going to do the, the money shot. I'm going to give you a frog splash and just, you know, one, two, three. I think that's what the promoter wants. I'll move. That's very that. good. Man. I, I think that's that's pretty that's uh yeah that's hard to race, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I'll kick out of it or I'll move. I think kicking out of it was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, but I think I'll move was Harley Race. It could be yeah, right. No, that's that's right. pretty good. I've yeah. I've I've heard I've heard that, but yeah, that's yeah. you know what? I um uh, I enjoyed I had the opportunity to talk to him uh maybe maybe a couple years before he passed away. And it was funny is because when I had, I talked to him one evening and then the next day he said, call my school, ask for uh, this person and he'll email you a picture that you can use for the story. And I said, yeah, great. No problem. And uh, the next day I called and it was Harley race and we talked another hour and a half. How wonderful is that? I've been always referred to Leland. So I'm like, every time I see, Anything Harley Race is always Leland that you know before this is passing. But right, awesome. That's so yeah. Cool. I I and and I was like, man, I'm I'm glad I called today. He goes, I'm glad you called today too, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. guys, 
Yeah, you love talking about wrestling just <laughs> just as much as I did. Yeah, that that's Harley Race, man. Who wouldn't be happy to hear you? Know? Yeah. For years, I, I I've wrestled in Amarillo, and I've always tried to run into Terry Funk. I've I've little God rest his soul, what a wonderful man. But I I really tried my hardest to run into Terry Funk. I I just wanted to shake his hand and just say thank you, you know, just for all of his contributions. So. Right, right, yeah. When you you know when you look back at his career and some of the things that he that he had done you know i saw the the match with uh him and jack briscoe when yeah. he won the nwa yeah. title and what a clinic that was i mean yeah. not a lot it, of people see that they need to watch that <laughs> it was it was unbelievable it was like my my mouth was open the whole time you know it was just like i was in awe you know i mean are you surprised look at who's in the ring you know so <laughs> right hey. Right. People, people, I don't know. I mean, I'm 35 years old and I've gone back to watch a lot of my history, but the, the generation today, the, the younger kids, they're not looking for that stuff. And I wish they were, I wish they pulled up their Peacock app or went on YouTube and watch stuff like that. You know, the Briscoes, Funks, not just Dusty, but I'm a fan. I'm a Von Eric fan, you know, like I like Von Eric's and stuff like that. So I wish they would go and check out that world-class wrestling, you name it, AWA, go back. I tell my kids all the time at my school, I'm like, Hey, you guys got some homework. I would like you to find me a match, send it to me, tell me what you think. And I've seen nothing, nothing that was below the year 20 or I'm sorry. Yeah. 2003 maybe. And I'm like, Oh, you guys are missing a whole gosh a whole period an era the 90s the 80s the 70s you're not looking for any of that you know like uh, it's just bananas bananas you know it's funny that you say that because i was i was watching uh this is before wwe sold the and the yeah, the on demand to uh peacock right oh, okay there there there's a Big contrast, and I mean, I can't really find anything else. I can't, I can't find much on it now. No, um, but I, I can really okay. get lost in the rabbit hole before you know when it was. Yeah. I would literally type up a name. I go, "Hey, you know, Doctor Death, or you know, the the Sultan. I don't know, just random names. Doink the Clown, Matt Bourne, and I could find thirty matches yes. of what." wanted now i type in something and it's like season one and i'm like you mean to tell me i have to find the pay-per-view the year that like i can't think you know how many matches i've watched i can't do that so yeah well i was watching world-class episodes on there and i found a match with like i think it was bugsy mcgraw or what bugsy mcgraw and almadrill yeah oh my lord dude yeah i was like this is a classic (laughs) But no one, no one's looking at that. I would fall asleep to AWA episodes. I, I watch wrestling all the time, so I fall asleep to wrestling. I wake up to wrestling, not because it's boring. It's just because I want to have it in my head. You yeah, know I mean? absolutely. I fall asleep to just anything wrestling. You know, I just even today. I mean, I I don't like the product. I don't like what I see. I'm not a fan of today's wrestling. Like I just, I'm not gonna say I'm old school because I'm not. But I I rather watch bad 90s wrestling <laughs> you know what i mean and and gimmicks and and all of that and and even 80s wrestling you know i like to watch that stuff 
versus what's on today. I'm just not a fan, you know, but it is, it's what we do. I mean, I'm part of this, this wrestling industry now. I'm on the independent scene. I've done stuff in the WWE and AEW and I'm part of this generation, you know, of wrestling. This boom doesn't seem like a boom to me, at least. I don't think so. So, well, where, where I'm, I'm sitting, I mean, wrestling is, I think, in a different light than it was 15, 20 years ago. More mainstream. It is way more mainstream. Yeah. I mean, now we get coverage from ESPN and just the New York Post and, you know, um, we get commercial ads on Fox. You know, we see it all. I've, I walked into a Pizza Hut or I'm sorry, a Little Caesars. I saw wrestling like yeah wrestling is more mainstream and bigger than ever and it's made more money than it's ever it's it ever has i understand that but i remember when wcw came out i remember when wwe and wwe uh wcw were going head to head and all these people were jumping ship you know what i mean leaving you know promotions in the 80s to go to you know uh wcw and i'm just like what the heck's going on to me that was like a huge like, oh my gosh, why is Lex Luger going here? You know, what the heck's going on? What is Harley Race managing Vader? What's going on? Like, that was crazy to me. Today, it's just more, hey, Edge just walked in on top, you know, or into AEW. I mean, that's insane, you know, but it's not really a big shocker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not a fan I, of I didn't like the Harley Race, uh, the King gimmick. I I liked it. I I mean I thought it was it was he, it wasn't good for him, but I mean he made it work to me. You know? Right, you right. Know? I mean, I like, just we're used to seeing the badass Harley race, right? You know, right. Out his robe, right? You know, and um, him just being a ass kicker, but the king kind of made him just uh, kind of like a goof, I guess you could say. You know, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of gimmick. Dumb down the gimmick, the real yeah. gimmick. Yeah, that's that's Harley effing race right there. You know, right. like you you take John Cena and you put him in a, a royal gimmick. I don't think it'll work, right? Right. So, it was just uh, probably different. And we, we all know the reasons why wrestlers try things, you know, um, even if it sounds bad, you know, hey, maybe there's money behind it. I need money to support my family. And guess what? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be the best dentist I can be. You know, Isaac Yankum, I'm going to be him, you know, even though it's a terrible gimmick, but there's money behind there. And if you don't take the spot, 30 other guys will. And I'm pretty sure Holloway's looked around and said, guaranteed money. Well, not even guaranteed because that wasn't at the time, but it's money on the table that I need. I'll do it. You yeah. know, and it really know. wasn't the worst thing he could have done. Right. Oh, there's been there's been some some characters, right? You could have had a scissors in your hand, and <laughs> it could have wore yellow polka dots. Oh man, <laughs> you know you could have been you could have been a lot of the killer bees. I don't know, you know you could have been a lot of those weird gimmicks. I don't know. So, so where do you see yourself? I don't know. Maybe the next two years, or what are your what are your 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 goals? I mean, what would you like to see yourself in, in two years? I, every January comes full circle where I just go, you know what? All right, this is it. This is my last year. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 
eventually bookings just pile up and I go, you know what? I guess I'm back to the grind. I'm still going to do my wrestling thing. <laughs> Initially where I see myself was I was going to be an intercontinental, intercontinental champion in the WWE, WWF. That was my dream. Didn't want to be world champion. I just wanted to hold that intercontinental championship. That was my dream. And my dream still is today to be in the WWE. I don't want to work anywhere else. That is not my goal. My goal has always been the WWE, WWF at the time. And I've had a lot of opportunities. I've had tryouts. I've done matches. I've had, you know, network where, hey, we got some for you or we might have something for you. And sometimes things don't fall out or pan out. But I'm still hopeful. The last time I was told I was too old to be a wrestler, and this was at 33, and I'm like, hmm. All right, well, AJ Styles is about 41, 42. Shinsuke Nakamura is about 40, and I'm too old to be a wrestler. All right. Then I was told, hey, you know, you kind of want to get bigger up here to be a wrestler, you know. Uh, wink, wink, you know, um, do something to change that. And I was like, all right. And then I uh, was told, hey, we might have something for you as a manager. You're a really good talker. You speak professionally. You can get your opponents over. You have great facials. You can act at the queue. And then they hired Stokely Hathaway. So, you know, and I was like, darn, I lost that opportunity. Then I got another opportunity to be an NXT announcer, and I bombed that interview. Um, <laughs> I came prepared to do this and have a conversation, and I didn't see an email that was sent and um, I read that email and I bombed it. I could not follow word for word what they said and I felt like an idiot. I wish I had another opportunity at that. So that was taken away from me. I had a tryout match. We did really good on 205 Live. Uh, and then I wrestled Keith Lee in you know the last two weeks of his career in WWE. And then uh, referee work came around and somebody said, hey, you know, wrestling's gone, manager's gone. What would you think about being a referee? And I said, I love that. I'd do it in a heartbeat, you know? And then I was told, wait, wait, how old are you? And I said, I'm 30, that's time I'm 33. They said, ah, oh, you're kind of too old to be a referee. And I went to Charles Robinson. I said, Charles, they said I'm too old to be a referee. What do you feel about that? And Charles Robinson goes, if you're old, then what the heck am I? And we had a we had a good laugh because you know Charles Robinson has been in the business for years. A little long nature. time. I watched that man grow into an older man. Right? Yeah, so Maybe a long time. And he's now my friend, and I just didn't understand what what do you guys what do they want from me? But I also got another opportunity to possibly maybe be a referee again. We'll see where that goes. So ultimately, I see myself as maybe in the future, in the next two years, as a as a referee, um, an agent. Um, I don't want, I am a trainer. I am a full-time trainer right now, but that's not my goal. I never wanted to train people. I wanted to help some one person and it turned into a school. And now I've been here ever since, but initially my dream, my want, my need, my goal, my end game is to work for the WWE in some type of capacity. That's the dream. That's the goal. And it will happen because I'm speaking it to an existence. So. Well, man, it has been a pleasure talking to you. It's, it, it really has been a lot of fun. I've, I've enjoyed it. Where can, uh, where can fans find you on social media? Find me on all social media platforms. 
at Gino told you so one word from Facebook, Instagram, X or Twitter, whatever they call it, the threads, you name it. Check out my stores. I have over a hundred t-shirt designs and guys, you can also find me at a city near you. I travel all over the United States. Look up Gino told you so Google it, check out everything. I promote nonstop. All right, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're listening to the Russellville podcast where wrestling lives. Von Eric family is legendary. He was kind of a bully. Lance, Lance by, by chance, chance wrestling as a Von Eric. They were afraid I would go to WWF, so they kind of on television it, that I wasn't a real Von Eric. Find out what Lance talked about in his book. You know how many people that I've worked with that are or dead, especially with world class. Many, many, many people took steroids on top of the other drugs. Chris Adams headbutted the, the co-pilot. And find out what happened when Lance left Dallas. I used to run guns from the States to South Africa and got busted in the UK. Lance, Lance by, by Chance, wrestling as a Lance by Chance. Get your book today at LanceByChance.com or on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs>